Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Small Steps to Self-Love. Before we dive into today's interview, I want to remind you that tomorrow, Friday, November 11th, we get started with our 10 days of self-love challenge, and I would love to see you there. If you struggle with self-doubt and insecurities, this self-love challenge was made for you, and we get started tomorrow. I will put the link in the description of this episode to join us, and I hope to see you in the challenge. Today on the podcast, we have Ari, who writes as EO. She is a writer, a mom, and a wife. I think we met on Instagram first. And then yes. she since joined the Poetry Club, which is my online poetry community. And we've gotten to know each other better through that, which is amazing. And she has a self-published poetry collection called Gods and Demons, which focuses on healing from repressed traumas, heartache, and grief. And she writes a lot about heartbreak, healing, moving on, finding self-love and worth, and living with depression, which we're going to dive into in today's episode. So I'm really excited to talk about that with you today. Um, but I'd love to just pass it over to you to introduce yourself and share more about you and your writing. First and foremost, hello. Um, I'm Eri. I've been writing poetry for a really, really long time. Uh, like, you know, little teeny bopper stuff. And I used to start out as song lyrics, believe it or not. Like I used to write full songs. I'm talking verses, bridges, refrains, all that stuff. I had tunes for them all. And then I just kind of cut that out when it became too much to do all of that. And I just wanted the thoughts to come out fast because sometimes when I'm writing, that's just how it is. They just come out fast, hard. And when they're out, they're out. I took a poetry course in, in college and I had to do a chapbook as an assignment and I was planning to publish that chapbook after the assignment had been graded and done. And then instead of doing that, I just started writing more and more and more. And then finally in like 2017, I uh, got I got married. I moved away from my hometown all the way across the country and I started writing more and more and more and before I knew it I was processing all of these things that I couldn't process in the environment where I was Mm -hmm. and I woke up one morning just I couldn't breathe and I just sat in bed and I wrote in a notebook and I filled it and it was just full of all of these things. And most of those poems are in gods and demons. I, um, I love Greek mythology and I love doing modern twists on it. Um, so a lot of the poems in the beginning of that are just to kind of introduce you to what it's like, I guess, to that, like to, to feel, um, the divinity of another, of another being of a higher being. Mm -hmm. And then it slowly goes into finding that power in you also. Once I finished that part of the book, I started really diving into the nitty gritty of the depression and um, the grief, the the loss of losing my my grandparents. Um, Losing my grandmother was really, really hard on me. And she is the most recent loss in 2018. And I was actually 12 weeks pregnant with my son when that happened. So she... uh, Never got to meet him, which really, really upset me. She was a big, uh, big, important piece of my life. And uh, when I added the poem that I wrote about her, I knew then that the book was done. Aww. And I still took forever to publish it. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, the the sorrow section of the book basically takes you through first um, through grief and then into some of like living with depression and then into some heartbreak and heartache. And it was the grief of losing, you know, my grandfather and then my grandfather and then my grandmother and then um, some some miscarriages I had suffered while I was trying to conceive my son Um and, and things like that, that I really didn't really talk about with anyone because I felt like no one really understood that. Um, I didn't have friends who were trying to have babies. And if they were having babies, they were pregnant and it stuck. And I was like, am I broken? Yeah. Aww. So I, uh, I wrote about that. And then um, the, the heartache of, of an unrequited love that really, really destroyed me as a teenager before I met my now husband. So we go through that. And then in the middle section of the book, we go through the moving on part, which is my favorite. It's my realizing that I am worth so much more than what that person put me through. Yes. And and coming to terms with why we didn't work out, he's never going to change as a person mm-hmm. and that's fine. And then like working through those feelings because I never worked through them when it happened. I yeah. just pushed everything down and kept going because that's just unfortunately the kind of person that I am. I just push it all down and keep going and save it for later. And then once I was in that safe space, all of that came out. I have self-worth and I have self-love. And in the actual love section, we talk about romantic love and that's like my husband my my kids all the all the aspects of love having a partner who knows what it's like when you're suffering in a low they know what it's like to um to take care of of someone who has depression and mental illnesses like that you need to love all the parts of yourself and not all the parts of yourself are good and the sooner you realize that you can take the next step into loving yourself fully Mm -hmm. and i'm still learning how to do that i don't think anyone ever truly knows how to do that fully um you're always learning how to treat yourself better and take care of yourself and and to really um appreciate every part of you light dark gray absolutely i think that's what it's all about that's what this podcast is about is about those small steps to self-love but realizing that it's not a quick journey that it's not a permanent journey that there are ups and downs and that we're always learning so i definitely relate to that my favorite thing to say to everyone is that healing isn't linear so you know i wrote an entire collection about moving moving on and finding my self-worth because of this one person who I thought actually cared about me and did not and still proves that to this day oh well you wrote that whole thing you can move on now no that's not how it works (laughs) that's not how it works that's not how it works because there are times there are times where I just remember a thought or a feeling and I'm like oh my gosh and then you just kind of feel all that all over again yeah and you try Definitely. your best not to spiral from it. So you you use your coping mechanisms like I use writing to prevent myself from spiraling or at least try to cushion the fall, you know, when I get to the bottom, if I get to the bottom. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely not linear. And there are just moments where you think that you're, you've made a lot of progress and you have, you have, but it can still come back up. It can creep back up and that's normal. It's not a bad thing. It's not like, you know. Yeah. The, just because you fall back down doesn't mean it, it doesn't take away from all the times that you took a step forward. Right. You just, you just fell down again. You got to stand back up and keep going. And if you fall yeah. down again, it's whatever. We all trip. Yeah, absolutely. I love that advice. You talked about how changing your environment helped you to write. And all of a sudden you were like pouring out these words that you had kind of kept inside. So whenever you were experiencing that former relationship or you realized that you were like living with depression, what were some ways that you coped um, if you didn't, you know, come to writing at that point? I was um, writing a little, uh, a little at that point. Um, I was writing more in the moment than reflection. So when I, when I moved away out of um, the environment that I was in, I was able to reflect back on everything I had pushed down while I was living in that current environment, everything that was in the now was more like conscious streaming. It uh, it was whatever was in my head out. Yeah, that makes sense. When did you first realize that you were living with depression? And what would you want others to know about what it's like to live with depression? It's uh, depending on the the severity of, you know, of your diagnosis and what you have, like, you know, if you have a amazing support system, that's great. Utilize it, whether it be medication, whether it be people, whether it be um, doctors, or even just your friends, please utilize those. Sometimes, you know, I know personally for me, I can't always predict when I'm going to have a low. Sometimes I get little bursts of energy throughout, like last night. I've been in a funk for almost two weeks because it's just sometimes things just like consistently happen and you're trying to get out of it and it, everything is just keep piling up and pushing on you and pushing you down. And that sucks. Mm -hmm. So... um Last night I had just enough energy to like look around my room and I was like, this place is dusty. <laughs> I need to clean it. And I cleaned about half of it because it was late. It was like 10 o'clock at night. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I'm like ignoring text messages, ignoring phone calls. And all my friends are like, what are you doing? Where are you? And I'm like, I'm getting my life together <laughs> by dusting the furniture. It's sometimes those those bursts of energy and then sometimes not. Sometimes it's, you know, waking up and wishing that you didn't. Sometimes it's this weight that is so heavy on your chest that you literally cannot move. And it can either creep up on you and 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 filter in you slowly or it can just ram into you like a truck. It's all different. And I get them all different ways. Sometimes it's just my thoughts are just so loud and I can't think and I just shut down. It's it's it depends on what's going on around me. It depends on, you know, depends on all these different factors, but not the same experience for everyone. Everyone experiences it differently. Everyone handles it differently. You know, I've been living with it for so long that it's just kind of like a part of who I am. So when it shows up, I'm like okay, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> mm -hmm. I guess we're doing this mm -hmm. and we'll figure it out. 
besides writing, what are some ways, I mean, waiting it out and, you know, kind of accepting it and knowing that it's going to be okay. What other kind of things do you do to kind of cope in those low periods? I have comfort movies. I have comfort Mm -hmm. TV shows. I read trashy (laughs) eBooks. I hide under my covers and I play Halsey radio on my (laughs) echo dot. And I pretend to do all of that and pretend that nothing else exists, but that. Mm. And um, I of course only get to do that at night uh, when the kids go to bed. But um, that is my time to not live alongside it. It's it's my time to just let it consume me enough to where Mm. I am in this bubble alone and dealing with it in whichever way I see fit at the time. If you listen to the podcast, you know I always hop in with a small step for you to take this week on your self-love journey. I want to recommend that you make a list for when you are at a low point, a list to go to of your favorite things, of things that bring you joy, and check each one off as you go through your week when you are at a low point. So like Ari said about watching her guilty pleasure shows or movies or books or whatever it may be, make a list of those things that bring you joy and keep them close by for whenever you're at a low period and you need to be uplifted with your favorite things. I know you write about this a lot, so I would love if you would share a poem that you've written and maybe talk about what that particular poem means to you. So I wrote this poem a couple of weeks ago. I use humor as a defense mechanism. I like to make jokes, love cracking jokes about myself, about what's going on in my life. And and everyone looks at me like, and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm laughing, ain't I? Because if I don't laugh, I'm going to cry. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, I wrote this because I uh, had had a conversation with my my cousin in the car who actually um, was just recently diagnosed um, with uh, a mental disorder. And uh, she and I were talking about, we we have a very similar sense of humor. Our diagnoses are different, but we have a very similar sense of humor. She's always the the one that I go to where I want to joke about not being here anymore or like how I'm like suffering and and I'm laughing through it because she does the same exact thing. Um, So I I wrote this uh, after a conversation with her. I keep my depression a running joke among my friends and family. I can't make serotonin, but I sure can make quick quips with a razor-sharp wit and cut myself to pieces for laughter. Whenever someone new meets me and they tell me I'm funny, I assure them I am not. What I am is sad, and I'm doing a hell of a job covering up to make sure nobody has to deal with it but me. My thoughts are my burdens to bear. I love that. I love the like razor-sharp wit, just like the wordplay with that. And I also am someone who uses humor as for sure as a coping mechanism. It doesn't always appear in my writing, but I definitely have some sassier, sarcastic poems. So I love the the tone of that. I, I don't want to be sad girl all the time. You know, yeah. I don't want to be sad girl all the time. I write about sad girl stuff, but I want to laugh while I do it. Yeah. I don't want to cry all the time. Let's close by maybe sharing a poem from your collection as well, Gods and Demons, um, yeah. so our listeners can get a taste of that collection too. Sure. To end a phone call with my mother, I told her, I'm going to go wash the dishes. I'll call you tomorrow. To which she dully inquired, why don't you just put them in your dishwasher? Ma, I hand wash my dishes because the motions are mechanical. I don't have to think. 
All I have to focus on is the sound of the water echoing against the chrome and trying to get everything clean while I pretend that for once it's standing between me and having my life in order. I am so close to bursting into tears over the same stuff I'm always crying about. Mom, I hand wash my dishes because it's getting bad inside my head again. So I scrub at everything to stop any consideration of the past vice everyone is concerned I'll revert back to. And honestly, I don't want to end up bleeding on the tile from a failed attempt at silencing my demons while spewing apologies for being a burden. My skin is not as tough as it used to be, and I refuse to let myself fall completely apart over the notion that maybe I don't deserve to be happy. Mommy, I hand wash my dishes because for at least ten goddamn minutes of watching bubbles slide down the drain, my thoughts are occupied. My fingers are busy. My eyes are dry. My chest isn't heavy. My heart isn't breaking. My throat isn't swollen. And I can breathe. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I love the repetition with mom. Just like the the structure of that poem was beautifully, beautifully done. So thank you for sharing that. I definitely I can relate that. to Thank you. Yeah. I can definitely relate to needing to get my mind focused on something so I'm not swimming in all of the things going on <laughs> in my head. I definitely, yes. definitely resonate with that. Well, thank you for sharing that. You talked about your book in the beginning, but where can people find your book? Where can people find you if they want to connect with you and your poetry after they get done listening with this episode? I am on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I don't really use my Twitter a lot, but I try to. Um, TikTok. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you can find me on all those places at Killed Off My Muse, or you could just type in EO Writes. I'll be there. Awesome. And my book is available on Amazon. Perfect. Yeah, I'll put the links uh, in the description of this podcast episode too, so people can find it easier. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was wonderful. Thank you for opening up about living with depression and coping with that and reading your beautiful poems. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week filled with self-love and compassion and kindness. 